From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for Thursday, October the 7th, 2010. I'm Rod Gomez, And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your very first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thank you for checking out the show. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us a message at 209-565-3229 or send your comments to mail at podcaststockton.com. Coming up on today's show, The Amazing Fist has been kickstarted. Our review of the puck and the clear spot by clear. The Sons of Thunder are taking the ice again soon. We review the tweet up and Matt's interview with Alice Van Omeron. Uh, Rod. Uh, Matt. I got three words for you. Okay. The amazing fist it's so amazing i love that no those are three <laughs> awesome words yeah congratulations uh, big congratulations to uh, adam messinger uh, from spectacle press um on his um uh, uh, reaching the target of 3500 dollars on kickstarter of course uh, we talked about we talked to adam and uh, frank and matt um the, the crew putting together the the f- full-length comic the amazing fist and the um uh, put up a site up on kickstarter.com to try to get $3,500 in funding to do their initial run for their first full-length comic. And, Where are they at, Matt? Um, they're at $3,800, $3,818. That's amazing. And they did it with, you know, as uh, you know, they only have a couple more days to go. And probably maybe by the time you hear this, only one day to go. But um, with less than a week to go, they had a, a heck of a last-minute push, wouldn't you say? I'd say that's a hell of a last minute push. And that was in large part to their appearance on television and uh, a couple of other places. But of course you hear it here first. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, seriously though, they, they really did a good job of, of getting it out there. And it's, it's such an awesome project that, uh, you know, it's easy to see why everybody was willing to back this because, um, you know, even if you didn't have the video, which Matt did such a, a good job with Adam and them putting together, um, you know, this is one of those projects that kind of speaks speaks to you without even needing to speak to you because you know what it's all about. It's a guy, it's a, a bunch of guys that are trying to put out a comic book and they need help getting the run. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, in the last week or so, I mean, they had, you know, they were a little bit over, I think a thousand or, um, half, they're a little past halfway or around halfway with like seven days to go or so. And you're right. I mean, it takes, it takes a, a great idea, a great product, the amazing fist, it takes a you know a vehicle like Kickstarter, but it also takes marketing, and those guys, um, you know Adam and Alicia did an amazing job. Amazing, there we go. There it is to um, to get the word out to to news organizations, to blogs. They got they got featured in um, comic centric blogs, um, you know all over the uh, all all over the uh, internets, and um, you know all those all that stuff paid off. So they you know. They they worked their butts off to get the you know to get the name out. Um, of course, that benefit concert at the plea for plea for peace center 
sure uh, didn't hurt the cause either. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, uh, the uh, plea for peace, Mr. Plea for Peace himself, uh, Mina actually got the five hundred dollars. Um, you big are cheese. the big cheese. Um, backing so he will be featured he will have a prominent character name and modeled after him so uh so we'll get to see that um, i'm jealous in, yeah in, in in future editions so um yeah uh but just you know big congratulations to adam i know how excited he is i know how excited all those guys are um you know I, i'm happy that you know we got to be a part of that and got to help tell their story so um congratulations guys cannot wait for it and um you know if you're listening to this and and you know you forgot about them or you didn't yet have a chance to back them. You can back them. Um, they're still taking pledges up until the um, up until two thirty nine a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on October tenth. So you know eleven o'clock at night or so on um, the ninth. So they only have you know just until just until Saturday night um, Pacific time to pledge some money. So if you got a buck laying around or a couple of bucks laying around, they still have incentives. You still, still good incentives to go to. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, you could be a part of this and you can, even though they're over the $3,500 goal, they will still take it because more money means they can have a larger first run. And even fund the second run, uh, you know, get the second book going. And you know what, when you stop and think about just the concept and, you know, we talked a little bit about it last time, but you know, this is a, a homegrown idea. This is something that, you know, I, I grew up enjoying comic books since the seventh grade when I got my first Fantastic Four magazine, it was all over. You know, I loved comic books and I was a big fan of, of comic books and, and, and collecting them and reading them and just getting involved in the characters. And I've never had an opportunity to actually see a comic book develop from the ground floor and, and even to have been a small part of, you know, of the actual printing of this one makes me feel like I've actually done something to help these guys and it's going to make me enjoy the book that much more. You know, I would have already enjoyed it, but the fact that I feel like I'm a part of it, um, you know, makes me happy. And when I see that amazing fist guy, I got it as my, my desktop right now on my computer. That's, that's how much uh, enthralled I am with the entire concept. So, uh, I, I encourage you to still get involved. If there's still time when you hear this, uh, get over to the website and make sure you at least drop a buck. And, and get in on this because it's worth it. Yeah, all the links and all the rest of the info um, you can find at uh, facebook.com slash amazingfist. And uh, once again, congratulations to the Amazing Fist crew. Yeah, cheers and, and applause all around. A couple weeks ago, there was a uh, unveiling of the new look for Clearwire on this show. And of course, Clearwire has rebranded themselves as Clear now. And they are putting out wireless to the masses thanks to their devices such as the ClearSpot, uh, iSpot, the Rover, the Puck, uh, all Clear, kinds of ClearSpot, 4G Plus. Yeah. Tons of them. You name it, they have it pretty much. So uh, we're going to do our little quick field test review because we've actually used these. Uh, under various circumstances, right? I mean, Matt's Matt's taken him along for rides with him, and I've actually performed, I guess, the stress test of them all. Yeah, I was going to say, if I if I did a field test, then you certainly did a stress test. Yeah, we definitely did a stress test, and using it to broadcast our Friday night football games on VSN. So uh, first, I, I just want to get Matt's thoughts. I mean, you, you've used the products now. You've, you had the iSpot first, right? Yeah, so, uh, you know, first big... You know, big thanks to the guys over at Clear. They've, uh, 
you know, they're uh, they're big supporters of what we're doing here on Podcast Stockton, and uh, they have generously um, um, gifted us um, service on the ice spot, the clear spot, and the uh, the puck rover, or rover puck, whichever one it is. Podcast and, Stockton, um, powered by Clear. There you go. And um, uh, so I, we have uh, we've got to field test and stress test a few of their um, devices along their uh, their four G um, service area here in in Stockton and uh, I've gone down as far as as, uh, as Fresno with it as well but starting with the um, the um, iSpot which I used first again only as, as, a, as a recap works only with iDevices so iPod touch iPhone and iPad and um, it works it works great with those devices in the service area the next device that I tested was the clear spot which looks just like it looks like a almost like a mouse um, and um, is 4g uh, 4G only and can work with any device up to eight devices. So, you know, I used it with my MacBook. I used it with my iPad. And, um, you know, that thing is, um, you know, it, it picks up, um, picks up signal. It looks, it, it seems like it picks up signal better than the iSpot, which looks like the same thing. So I would assume it has the same antenna and it's just filtering out devices based on Mac address. But it's, um, I took my, uh, I took the clear spot with me. Everywhere I went in town, had a lot of places that had signal. Did have some spots that didn't have signal, but just just going through town um, had a, had great reception on it. Um, had good battery life on it, but uh, I tell you that the stress test that I did it with was driving down Merced um, on a Sunday. I wasn't driving; my wife was driving. I had my laptop and I had the um, clear spot, and I watched the entire Chiefs. Um, Niners game streaming online on the web and uh, had a, had like three or four hiccups all the way down to Merced, but streaming video as my wife's driving the speed limit down 99. Beautiful. But uh, it, it worked good. And, um, you know, every time we go out of town, the kids want to make sure they, you know, that they have the clear spot with them so they can sit in the back and, you know, watch video or do whatever, watch YouTube usually um, on the, uh, on the clear spot. But, you know, again, the test of all tests is going to have to be, because I think, I think they work in all my uses, I'll say they use they they work best, especially for streaming. If you're stationary, um, so you know, like Manny and I, we used them in um, and uh, sat and had dinner one night and and streamed in and streamed out, and they worked great. But um, you know, if you're stationary, I think they work a lot better. But you certainly um, put the um, put the puck through its uh, through all of its cycles by uh, as you said broadcasting the audio for the Tokyo high football game. So, so um, what do you think? Well, first I got, I got to tell you that I'm wholly impressed with uh, what clear has been doing now. They just, I mean, when they first came out, when Clearwire first came out and had that modem and said it was wireless for all or you know, well, that was Metro, but you know, they, they basically were the first to bring us wireless for just about everybody. And, and I thought how amazing this is. And I said, now, wouldn't it be cool? Because when I first got it, I thought I could take it with me everywhere, you know, but then I realized it was tied down to a, a, uh, a plug and that you pretty much had to have a router to do it. And I was like, ah, you have to plug this in. That's, that's awful. But what if I could take it on the bus? What if I could take it with me, you know, everywhere, where if I could have Wi-Fi wherever I went and, uh, and then to be holding the puck in my hand, realizing that was it. I was holding exactly what I wanted four years ago when I first signed up for Clearwire. Um, I was floored. So, you know, when we took it out and we, we were streaming uh, audio with it this time, we didn't stream video, which should have been our, our next test, but obviously we didn't have video to stream, but uh, that, that will be the next test for, 
the clear spot at least. But the puck did great. The puck handled uh, not only my laptop that was actually streaming the audio, but uh, it handled uh, Curtis, my partner's netbook. Uh, and he was on the internet, you know, getting stats, getting stuff the whole time. So uh, both of us surfing the internet while the stream was going, uh, it definitely handled all of that. And then some, the download for those of you who actually are geeky enough to know exactly what it is. Um, the download speed was a little over a meg. I'd try, I'd say maybe 1.3, 1.4. Um, and the upload was really, I mean, Again, if you're streaming audio, it's perfect, it's fine, whatever, but it was 0.3, 0.4 uh, megs on the upload. Yeah, and the last um, last, the last the game that um, uh, you did was last Friday night, uh, Toke's home game at McNair, of course, on West Lane on um, north side of Stockton. Um, yes, it's a home Toke game as uh, Toke's um, normal field is not yet, uh, not yet ready for play, but... Um, it was a uh, a game out there, so most people that know where uh, McNair is, that's where you were you were broadcasting. And uh, I remember that we had a red light on the puck for most of the night, so that meant it was a very weak signal area. And uh, I was a little nervous, but um, I, I've learned that it's it's the strength of the signal um, that you're getting. But it, it didn't it didn't drop. At least it didn't drop while I was out there. Um, and uh, you know, it was good to know that you were at least getting a little bit over a meg. On um, you know, on a very very weak signal. Oh, absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't I can't complain because it did the job we asked it to do, and that was to stream the audio clear. I mean, it, no pun intended, but literally the audio was was crystal clear. Um, and and again, it didn't it didn't drop. The only time it did drop for us was uh was in the very beginning when we had moved it uh, along a little bit. And, uh, and had, you know, it lost signal for about a minute and that was enough for it to just drop. But you know what? That was a blessing in disguise. Cause as soon as we went offline, um, young woman walked into the broadcast booth and said, Hey, uh, what happened? You guys went offline. <laughs> oh yeah. She told you that, uh, her husband was, um, sits at home. He's injured and he couldn't, he couldn't leave the house, but he wanted to listen to his, uh, his son play football. So, um, you know, he was, he was listening on your, on, uh, on the VSN site. So yep. without I mean, clear VSN wouldn't exist. Yeah. So as soon as you went down, I mean, she was, she was in there. Like, I don't think we realized it was down yet and she was in the broadcast booth, but, um, but yeah. And I, I will say it, uh, from a speed test perspective, I have tried it on, um, iPod touches, iPhones, iPads, and my, um, my MacBook. And when I'm in a strong signal area in Stockton, I've gotten um, usually between three and a half and four and a half. And in um, some best cases scenario, I have gotten um, over six. And I believe their stated speed is six megabits um, uh, download. So I've gotten over six. I've been just under six. So from a um, speed perspective in town, um, it works. It works pretty well. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, uh, it works well because you can even use dead devices on it. And I mean, by dead, like I have a phone that uh, I purchased a while back with AT&T. It's an LG Insight. I don't have AT&T service anymore, but I can still use that phone and all of its capabilities when I'm carrying around, uh, when I had the puck with me, when I had uh, the clear spot, it all, it all works. So if you have an iPhone that doesn't have service anymore, 
Uh, it works on your iPhone too. Yeah, well, you can't make a phone call. No, well, obviously not. But I'm but just why, saying. But why would you want? To? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Who wants to Four, talk to you? Foursquare doesn't. You know, you don't need to make a phone call to use Foursquare. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, um, uh, so far in a, in a few weeks of, of I would say some heavy testing um, uh, throughout the Central Valley, all the way down to Fresno and um, and in town. Um, I, I'm I'm certainly pleased with it. And uh, of course, um, you know, Manny was on the show and we talked about it last. And and uh, he has uh, he's canceled his service in favor his cable internet service in favor of the um, ClearSpot 4G Plus, um, which uh, switches over to 3G coverage when you don't have a 4G signal. But um, uh, definitely would encourage you to check out if you're looking for a mobile Wi-Fi solution. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out Clear.com and checking out some of their devices, specifically the um, the ClearSpot. And um, you know if you'd like to check out the ClearSpot and just kind of see it in action. Drop us a line. Um, you know, we, one of us would be happy to maybe just pop in and uh, you know and run you through a quick demo. Um, you know, if you're not quite sure if it's if it's for you or you uh, or you don't believe the speeds or whatever, um, drop us a line. We'd we'd be glad to uh, you know maybe swing by. We're not going to swing by your house in the middle of the night, if you know. But you know, I can maybe. You know. hey, maybe buy us buy us dinner. Or something. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get locked down into those. Uh, those mobile phone ones like Sprint and Verizon, those Sprint cards, the AT&T cards, the Verizon, there's no need to. That that uh, clear spot will do just as good, if not better, yeah. than all of those will. And you're not locked into a, a contract with one of those big guys that'll knock you down. Yeah, I would even, and I would even recommend if you're buying an iPad and you're on the fence of buying an iPad 3G or an iPad um, Wi-Fi, if you just buy the, um, buy the iPad 3G and don't hook up the service, if you want, just... Try it with one of these things because um, you're going to get uh, good good coverage, and you can connect your other devices as well. So, um, also to check out the Puck specifically, um, you can go to Rover.com and learn all about the uh, the Rover Puck as well. Um, again, we'll put links in the show notes at podcaststockman.com to um, to uh, all the products that uh, that we've tested. Okay, Rod, that, uh, that low-fidelity sound can only mean one thing. And it gave both of us chills, right? I mean, you said yeah. you got, yeah. yeah. Thunder scoring a goal, and that means that we are right around the corner from Thunder Hockey. Yes, the Stockton Thunder come back, um, and uh, have their, they have a uh, preseason game uh, this Friday, the 8th, against the, um, the Ontario Reign. Not I, from Ontario, Canada. Oh boy, I knew you were gonna. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring that up. Hey, I made the same mistake when I first heard it too. I was like, uh, Ontario, uh, Canada, huh? And somebody goes, uh, No, Ontario, California. Oh, <laughs> just down the road, sense. north north of LA. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, they are playing a uh, preseason game on Friday the eighth, but the regular season home opener on Friday, October the fifteenth, against the very same Ontario Rain. In the Stockton Arena, uh, I know you and I are going to try to be there. Try, um, yeah. There is a, no try, yeah, only do. There is no try, only do. That's a pretty big deal. After last year's um, heartbreak finish 
but amazing end of the season and the the insane I'm getting chills just just saying the word triple overtime yeah that was awesome um, against uh, Idaho um, this is uh this is gonna be an excellent I'm hoping for an excellent year of Stockton Thunder hockey how about you so are the Sons of Thunder I am too though seriously I mean it's again last season I I couldn't really follow the end of the season because of course obviously. Uh, my job kind of interfered with it a little bit, but I, t- I, you know, that postseason run was amazing. And, uh, just knowing that, uh, you know, these guys are going to come back and do it again and put on a hell of a show for us going into, into this season. It's, it's amazing. And of course, you know, every year they've just gotten better, you know, they've gotten better and better and not even just, I'm talking about playing wise, but I'm talking about the organization as a whole. It just seems like every year. They have outdone themselves and, and you got to hand it to the guys over there and gals at the Stockton Thunder uh, staff because they really are uh, putting on a great show for us year in and year out. And uh, we're spoiled. We are spoiled by our our sports teams around here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, the Stockton Ports did uh, did well at the second half. Unfortunately, didn't do so well in the postseason. But um, yeah, we have been spoiled, and um, you know the Thunder are bringing it back for yet another year. Um, they've, uh, I think, they might have even won the attendance record again last year. I think they did. They win the attendance record. Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember. I think I think they were not. They were in the running, but I I think for the first time we may not have won the uh, the attendance record. I think we got beat by. Um, I think it was a team in. Florida. So I'm, I'm thinking we might not have won it, but I guarantee you that, uh, that that was the first time in five years that we hadn't won it. So we got to come back and, and avenge. Yeah, we did pretty well, but, um, um, we have, uh, you know, with, uh, under the, um, leadership of, a uh, um, recent new head coach, Matt Thomas, um, the team has looked, um, pretty darn good and we've got some, uh, returning players this year. Uh, last I saw on their current roster, um, we still have, um, um, Perugini, probably pronouncing that wrong, um, at the uh, at at the goaltender spot, um, and uh, Matt Odette I think is making a return as defensive men. Um, a couple other um, uh, names: Garrett Hunt is back as a forward. And uh, if you don't know much about Stockton Thunder hockey, let me just tell you: Garrett Hunt likes to fight. So I am uh, I, I am certainly excited that um, uh, if he's making a, a a comeback this year, Ryan Constant. Is back. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, this year should be uh, another strong year, and um, you know, I uh, every year I get a little bit more and more into uh, into thunder and hockey, and I, I'm 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 gonna try to learn what um, you know what icing is and the, and the other penalties because I, I still can't figure out all those penalties. I know you could, you know, one day you and I should just go and you just just teach me. You know, I'll bring a, a you know we could bring a small whiteboard and you can give me an education and <laughs> I do that all the time. I, I don't mind teaching anybody the, the game know. of hockey. And the greater part about it is is that Thunder fans are forgiving in that respect because everybody was kind of learning those first couple of years. There were there were a few hockey fans, a few diehards that were happy to see the game come to Stockton, but then there was a bunch of people that had never seen a live hockey game and uh and of course, you know, it took people sitting around them which this is why I was so absolutely thrilled to be a thunder fan that first season was because the people that were sitting around people who had no clue what were going what was going on were happy to show and teach and kind of mentor along the the fans that had no idea so i'd 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 you know i'd do it anytime but allow me if you if you will one of my favorite uh thunder stories here and this is a garrett hunt story just to our bring our bring our garrett hunt 
you know, reference full <laughs> circle. I remember once Garrett Hunt was, uh, we were playing, I, I believe it was Bakersfield and don't quote me. I can't remember exactly who it was at the time, but, uh, I do know that, that Garrett Hunt during pregame warm break, you know, the pregame skate, I was just looking for a fight. So he skated by one guy. And we only know this because after the game, I, I asked him about it because this was, this was crazy. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it before, but, uh, but during pre the pre skate, uh, pre skate, he had found a guy and he's like, Hey, you want to go? And the guy was like, yeah, sure. Let's go. So the puck dropped and not even a second later, Garrett dropped his gloves and went toe to toe with the dude and whooped him, just whooped him. But the great part is that nobody knew the pre nobody knew about the pregame thing. So after the game, I, I walked up to Garrett and I was like, Garrett, man, I'm like two seconds into the game. I'm like, seriously, how did you even know he was going to go? He was like, man, I found him before the game and asked me if he wanted to go. And he said, yeah. So we, we went, <laughs> that's really? Garrett hunt. Oh man, that is awesome. I would have, I, I don't, you know, I don't follow hockey that much except for the Stockton thunder, but, um, I didn't know that they, uh, come up with that. I will tell you that I remember the, uh, one game that uh, I went to, actually I was, um, it's the game that it was a Valentine's game. Cause it was when Don and I renewed our wedding vows out on the ice and I missed the, you know, we're watching it on TV from the, uh, from the King's room. But as soon as the, you know, as soon as the puck dropped, there was a fight and I'm like, Oh, are you kidding me? Right at the beginning. Um, you know, I'll tell you one of my, uh, quick, uh, thunder stories is actually a, th- a YouTube story. I took a video, um, right up on the glass of a great fight. Um, and, uh, I, uh, it was back in November of 06 and we were playing the long beach ice dogs. And I had originally noted that, uh, David Walker from the ice dogs was getting his butt whooped by the thunders, Tim O'Connell. So I had referenced that in the video. And uh, lo and behold, David Walker himself, uh, at the time a Long Beach Ice Dog, commented on me and just said, hey, maybe I should take a look at the video again. And sure enough, I rewatched the video and then I ended up editing the video. Um, and uh, in the end, I just said, yes, I am a Thunder fan, but I am also a fan of the truth. Because it is clear that um, David Walker from Long Beach really um, whooped the snot out of uh, out of um, Stockton Thunder's Tim O'Connell. But, you know, I, like I said, I'm a... I'm a Thunder fan, but I'm a fan of the truth, and I captured it on video, and I just, I just got it mixed up. And of course, as a Thunder fan, I thought our guy was winning, but <laughs> he was. I think it's funny that he tracked that down and and <laughs> and policed it himself. That guy's got to be like massively uh, PR, you know, hungry to make sure he gets his his name done in the right way. Yeah, but you know what? He, um, <laughs> you know, he's a minor league hockey player. He's got to defend his name on YouTube. I thought that was actually pretty cool. That is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, there's tons, uh, you know, the uh, Stock and Thunder are at it again with their, their ticket specials. They have, um, you know, six games for $69. They have the Saturday night special, seven of the most popular Saturday night games for $84. Um, 13 premium games, the Baker's Dozen for $156. They have great prices on season tickets. Um, and of course, single game tickets. Still, I would argue, even being a Ports fan, Rod, I would argue the the most, um, the cheapest entertainment in Stockton is a Stockton Thunder game. Yeah. Well, you'll say that. I think I'm under contract to say otherwise, but that's okay. Well, I, the, 
as well as the ports. I mean, to get you know <laughs> tickets, uh, tickets you know under you know no, it's seriously no. If, if you want, no, I was gonna say if you it literally, honestly, and there's not a bad seat in that arena. So again, even if you're sitting up in the proverbial nosebleeds, you're still getting a great view of a hockey game. So, um, you know, again, the Stockton Thunder are well worth it. And of course, there's only forty some odd home games, so you know, there's just plenty of chances for you to to get those season tickets and to get out there and you know follow them on Twitter. Uh, get yeah. them on Facebook. Uh, they're all over the place and you can find out the cool deals and maybe even get a chance to, to congratulate, you know, the thunder on, on a game or two. And, uh, they're pretty active on their social networking. So, uh, I know all of us are here, so make sure that you, uh, have at least added them on Facebook, like them on Facebook and then follow them on Twitter. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes as well to the, uh, the video that they put up recently. Um, the, uh, sons of thunder, which is, um, a thunder video getting ready for the new season in the, um, in the spirit of sons of anarchy. Got to wonder if that was, if that was Mike Benton's idea, but if it was Mike hats off to you, buddy, that, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, true. It's a, it's a, it's a great primer video to, um, you know, just, just warm your heart up a little bit before, uh, the thunder take the ice. Um, again, in case you did not know, stockandthunder.com, um, links to all their stuff on, uh, in social media and all the ticket prices and all that great stuff. If you've never been to a thunder game, shame on you get out to a thunder game. Like I said, preseason game on the eighth and, um, a regular season home opener against the Ontario, California rain <laughs> Friday, October 15th. The puck drops, uh, what, around 7.15? What is it on Friday? I should have checked. Puck but, drops here, absolutely. It yeah. is actually 7.15. Yeah, there you go. All right, Stockton Thunder. Uh, check them out. say tweet up a lot of people look at you like you're crazy because they don't understand it uh that's because they're not uh not twitter friendly right well we did it uh we tweet did. up number three and um uh, i know we talked about it last time in preparation for tweet up number three but uh tweet up number three was held at the beautiful lexington hotel boy that's a nice place to have a tweet up wouldn't you say it was a great i mean uh, to tell you the truth we've had we've had good locations and and we definitely had another one this last time the lexington Great place to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, full bar. That was nice. And uh, had, had a great turnout. Had about the same turnout um, we did at, at the other one. Um, you know, 35, 36 people or so. Um, uh, great to see some familiar faces. Great to see some people that have not yet made an appearance at TweetUp. Um, gave away some uh, some great prizes. And, um, boy, one of them was a $50 gift card to the um to the restaurant there at the lexington so um, yeah, that was a good prize yeah so uh you know we 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 all got busy all three of us rod and wes and i and probably didn't in hindsight do as good of a job um uh, hyping it up as we did last time uh for tweet up two because we did get a couple of comments from folks that said they didn't they didn't hear about tweet up three till after so we will um uh so we're sorry we're sorry and we will do a better job next time stick your hand out matt Yes. Okay, I'm, there it is. I'm sorry. There. No, it's okay. Our bad. I'm going to cry. Our bad. We'll, uh, we won't make that mistake again. But I, I guarantee you right now that uh, Tweet Up 4 will have billboards. And No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you'll know. You'll know because we'll, we'll do a better job of getting it out there. Yeah, and you know, from, from a door prize perspective, I mean, we've gotten some, some good door prizes, um, you know, over the last couple of um, um, Tweet Ups. So, you know, hey, if the numbers are small, hey, your odds of winning something are, are pretty high. Yeah, just ask the people <laughs> that were there. Hey, yeah. it really was good to see a lot of new faces there. We got to meet a lot of people that uh, 
that we just haven't seen before and, and have lurked the Twitter halls for a while. We've retweeted him. We've replied him and just never put a face to it. And now all of a sudden we know. So uh, I was glad to meet a lot of you guys that I'd never met before. Yeah. So uh, tw- tweet ups are not just for Twitter. It's for Facebook as well. Go to facebook.com slash stock and tweet up to see all the pictures from, um, from all of our tweet ups. And um, uh, you can see what you missed and uh, keep your eyes peeled for tweet up number four someday. Um, but you know, also the night before the tweet up, um, downtown Stockton at the Stockton Arena, Carrie Underwood in concert. And um, I won't spare you all. The, I won't do a full review because if you want to read my review of the Carrie Underwood concert, uh, also featuring Sons of Sylvia and Billy Currington, uh, just go to podcaststockton.com and uh, read the blog entry from September 28th. It was a uh, amazing concert, and uh, hopefully Stockton Arena will be able to book some um, some more big acts that. Uh, would certainly be good since I missed the Snoop show. Ah, I know. Shame on me for missing that one too. Uh-huh. So um, once again, keep your eyes peeled. Stockton tweet up number four. And um, uh, hopefully we'll get some. I'm joined in the outback tonight by um, author and local historian uh, Alice Van Omeren. Alice, thanks uh, so much for coming into the Outback and uh, joining me on Podcast Stockton. It's a pleasure being here. Got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. We'll, we'll get to your book, Stockton in Vintage Postcards, in just a minute. But I uh, ha- have to start off by asking, um, you know, how, how did you get started uh, as a local historian? Well, it really started with a, with a postcard book and, and, and the postcards. Um, and as I recall, I was... My first postcard was actually bought in a little antique shop on the Miracle Mile. Um, I was just browsing, just walking through. I'm not really that much into antiques, but um, I was looking at a stack of postcards, and there was a postcard of the Stockton Courthouse, the second courthouse. And um, it was only $1.25, and um, so it was affordable. And I... I was able to, um, and really got me curious about if there was more postcards of Stockton of buildings that are not there anymore. And I started going to postcard shows and started looking on online auctions, and there was a lot of postcards of Stockton. And started collecting more and more and became really interested in, in what was behind these postcards. For example, the Stockton Courthouse, why is it not there anymore? And... Just inquiring mind started um, getting into the history of each of the postcards and um, started collecting more and more postcards um, from then on. Well, I would have I would have never thought uh, to go from a, a postcard um, to using it as a tool to learn about the history of, of a community. Um, I guess I'm a typical postcard consumer and that when I go on a trip somewhere, I buy a postcard at a gas station and send it to somebody back home. But I guess I never thought of it as a historical um, um, vantage point. I mean, I think the fact that I found the, the Stockton Courthouse postcard was probably pretty significant. I mean, it's, it's a, it was a beautiful building. Um, I mean, and for that building to be in Stockton was really, uh, really got my interest as far as were there other buildings like that. Um, so the fact that it was a Stockton Courthouse postcard was, I think, kind of key to that. Um, and just as I started collecting more and more postcards, 
you know, more and more interested in what was behind those postcards. And at some point, I, I mean, I had, I uh, started, you know, um, 10, 20, you know, quite a few postcards, and I didn't quite know what to do with those postcards. And um, I'd, I'd shown them to all my friends, and, and they had seen them, and they were done with them. Um, and so I, I basically st uh, started thinking about a book. I mean, how can you put, you know, the postcards in a book? And um, I found this publishing company, Arcadia Publishing, which actually does a series. It's a postcard series. And um, um, submitted a proposal for a book and, um, and uh, was accepted. And I had enough postcards. Uh, there's 200 postcards in the book. So then how long were you collecting postcards before you had the epiphany to put them in a book? Um, the book was uh, published in 2004, and I, th I think I had been collecting postcards for about two years before that. Uh, so I started collecting in around 2002. Um, and, and, you know, a little bit of an obsessive personality here as far as, you know, I mm -hmm. collected stamps and coins as, as, a, as a child, so... You know, once you get a few, wanted more, and um, and uh, online auctions um, such as eBay are obviously um, um, you just you know it's easy to find those type of postcards. And there's also um, there's a series of uh, postcard shows uh, in Northern California. There was one in Sacramento last month where um, you just go to this um, this postcard show, and all they do is sell postcards. Uh, there's vendors. And um, I spent all day looking under San Joaquin County for, uh, for Stockton postcards. Um, and there's a couple in the Bay Area as well. So these, these postcard shows, just like um, collecting stamps and collecting coins, it's actually postcard collecting um, is actually the uh, fourth most popular collectible hobby. Wow. Uh, stamps, postcards, I mean, uh, stamps, coins, and then uh, baseball cards. What about shot glasses? Shot glasses high? Uh, <laughs> no, they're not. Darn. They're going to written a book about shot glasses. Uh -huh. um, so w did you have uh, an interest in, in local history before you you stumbled across this postcard of, of, of the courthouse? No, actually I had not, which was, um, which is interesting. I had, um, I, I had lived in Stockton for um, almost, uh, almost a little over 10 years or so. Um, no interest in its history whatsoever, um, no background in history, just, um, just suddenly became, um, you know, I mean, just suddenly became interested in, in the history of the place in the town. Interesting. So, um, the, starting off with collecting postcards, then putting them into a book, uh, Stockton and Vintage Postcards. And then getting involved in getting um, local landmarks uh, d designated. Um, walk me through how how you made that leap. Well, when I uh, when I put uh, the the book together, the uh, part of it was I had to um, you know research um, each postcard. I mean, I had to know all about the courthouse. To to each each postcard in the book has a short description, about seventy words or so. So that really led me to, I had to find out um, the, you know, I had to go to the library, read, um, look at all the books on the history of Stockton, um, just find out the historical resources, the research behind it. 
And um, so I became, as I was publishing the book, uh, I became more and more knowledgeable about the, about the history of Stockton. Then after I published the book, um, one of the things that Arcadia Publishing um, does not do is, is the marketing of the book. So what, I, uh, what they suggested I did was to do a series of um, basically uh, presentations or lectures in the community to, um, and postcards are great for this because you can do PowerPoint presentations with the postcards mm -hmm. that are in the book. And um, so I did a lot of um, local libraries, service clubs. Uh, um, the proceeds of the book go to the San Joaquin County Historical Society and Museum. And so they had set up um, a nice little presentation or lecture for me to do there. Um, and so that was, so promoting the book really got me out in the community um, and got a lot of feedback from from uh, from people in the community as far as the book, which led to to more questions. Um, and then at some point there was a uh, position on the City of Stockton Cultural Heritage Board, which is basically an advisory board to the Planning Commission, um, and um, their their task is really to educate the community about historical issues as well as preserve uh, historical resources and artifacts in the community. And so I served a four-year term on the Cultural Heritage Board and, um, and even in, in that process in itself uh, led to more knowledge about the history of Stockton. Um, so then uh, some of the things that I, I've seen um, you involved with is um, getting specific landmarks designated. Uh, what, what are a couple um, that you were worked on? Yeah, as I finished my term on the, on the Cultural Heritage Board, I, 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 I started learning about um, the, the three different types of, of uh, preservation levels, really. There's, um, you can do Stockton, um, you can do local landmarks, which are um, um, basically, those are approved by the Planning Commission and then the City Council. And so a building can be designated as a local landmark. Um, there's also state, um, there's the state register and there's a national register. And so um, I remember having a, um, a cultural heritage board meeting in the Philomathian Club and somebody from the state came to our meeting to uh, do a presentation. And I remember her asking me, she asked me, this is a great craftsman style building. Um, and it sounds like this is a, a women's club. Is this on the National Register? And I said, I don't, I don't think it is. And she really encouraged me to, um, to try to get uh, the building designated as a national landmark, uh, put as a national register, put it on the National Register. And so I spent a year, it was a year-long process of um, doing the research. Um, and the two... The Philomathian Club is on the corner of Hunter and Acacia. It's a large craftsman-style building that was built in the early 1900s. And it was specifically uh, designed to be a women's club, which is quite unusual. And the other thing about the Philomathian Club, uh, a women's club that started in the late 1800s, is they kept pretty good, excellent records, actually. And so... Um, all the information on this club is archived at the, at the UOP archives. So the, the research, as far as the, the club, uh, the women's club itself, um, really helped with getting um, 
you have to make an argument of why this is worthy to be on the national register. So, to to whom do you make that argument? Is there is there a, a, a national board mm-hmm. that oversees this national register? Right. It's actually um, it's approved through through a state commission, and then um, the national register is actually uh, run through the through the national park service. It's a branch of that. Oh, really? Yes. And um, and the idea is is, is to um, to identify buildings that are worthy, and there's there's um, if they're on the national register, um, there's uh, if there's specific funding that um, that uh, the city if could apply for. Of course, this funding has been reduced a little bit over mm-hmm. the last right. couple of years or so. Um, and then the other thing is there if it, it preserves them. They have to if if they decide that the Philomathian Club needs to be uh, demolished. There's there's additional steps that they have to take because it's a it's preserved. It's on the national register, so it's a protection. Hmm. Um, okay. So then after it said you, it took a year to get the um that that on the national register. Yeah, I mean the the research. I mean uh, took some time. Um, there's the the two. Uh, I, the two criteria that I used was the architectural style, which is the the craftsman style building. Um, the building is still pretty intact, so its integrity is, is still very good, which is a criteria. A lot of times, if buildings have been either remodeled or changed, um, they often don't meet the, the architectural criteria. But the Philomathian Club has been very well preserved. Um, and also, there's the women's club movement in the early 1900s. All over the United States, where um, women started these these clubs, um, so that that social cultural perspective was the other criteria that I used: the women's club movement and the architectural style, uh, both. Um, and then just a bureaucratic process of of, of trying to get this through um, through. Uh, there had to be special photographs, special maps, um, and it has to go through a state commission. Uh, they only meet, you know, every quarter. Uh, that that process in itself. Hmm. Um, Do you know how many sites in Stockton are on the National Register? Uh, there's a, probably about fifteen or sixteen. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. I would have. Uh, I would have never thought that there was a a process that uh, that, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the Hotel there. Stockton is one example. Uh, is on the National Register. Um, I mean, there's, 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 you know, there's quite a few, few buildings that are. Okay. So from uh, collecting postcards to publishing a book about postcards to uh, working on the Cultural Hel- uh, Heritage Board and getting things on the National Register to then um, more present day, um, you are teaching a, um, an extension course at uh, Pacific starting very soon titled uh, Stockton's Golden Era. A source of identity and pride. Um, course starts uh, in the middle of October, runs for like five nights or so, um, and uh, the the description in the um, in the UOP uh, site says, at one time Stockton was a city famous for its healthy economy, industrial innovations, and vibrant downtown. Focusing on themes and events related to development, industry, entertainment, architecture, and immigrations. Immigration during Stockton's golden era from the early 1900s to the 1940s. You'll explore the influence of local history to the identity of the community today. Come away with the appreciation for Stockton's past and be inspired to imagine its future. Um, 
how did you uh, how did you come up with the idea to uh, then take this this work about Stockton history into the um, into an extension course at, at Pacific? Well, part of the process of of uh, my preservation efforts, both on the on the Cultural Heritage Board and um, doing the Philomathian Club, as well as the um, I also the police and fire alarm station, which is a small building next to the Civic Auditorium as a, as a local landmark. Um, part of that preservation effort really made me realize that um, that education uh, on the history of Stockton is, is, a, um, is an important piece that, um, that, um, that I think is, is uh, for, for continuous preservation efforts, there needs to be education about uh, what these landmarks mean, what the history of Stockton means. Um, and so that was, so I, I, my focus, you know, is kind of shifting from, from preservation to, to education at this point. Um, part of, I feel that my knowledge base about the history of Stockton is growing, has been growing. And I think I, I have, um, I, I think I have something to share with the community as far as, as, um, as, as the history of Stockton really. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the, um, by the course because it, um, you know, we we focus a lot on on you know what's gone wrong in the Central Valley in in Stockton in you know the last couple of decades. But you know to go to go back even further to see when you know how Stockton got to be what it is and what it was like during uh, during the heyday, I think is important um, for us to to I guess put it in proper perspective. But um, you know when when you think about uh, the the kind of person that could benefit from taking this this course what 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 kind of person comes to mind the way i structured the course was um well first of all i wanted to focus on a, a certain part of of uh, stockton history and um stockton it's pro- i mean most prominent it's most prominent time was really um you know late 1800s 1890 or so uh, up to 1930 uh, so you know kind of identified as as stockton's uh, golden era it was um, one of the one of the most, and part of it was because um, you know after the gold rush, uh, really became a, an a agricultural um, center, transportation center, had a very healthy economy, uh, lots of industrial innovation. Um, it was one of the one of the most prominent t- towns in uh, or cities in in uh, in California, um, and so. And what happened during that period is, I think, is something that um, I think people need to know about, and it gives people a, a sense of a sense of pride. Um, I kind of I was thinking about it when I was actually uh, earlier today was about when people go back into their family history and they find someone that's famous or prominent, or you know, it's it's an uncle that was a doctor or or, or a politician or, or something that that was significant. People take pride in that, and and that's how I this this uh, this golden era this uh, in Stockton. I think if Stocktonians took pride that Stockton was once a prominent city, I think it it would give people you know pride and self esteem um, with the city itself. Yeah. We we uh, when we spoke over the phone the other day, um, um, I remember you mentioning that. Uh, this might be a good course for um, for realtors to take, and I uh, I was uh, was struck by that. I I, com- I agree. If 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 regardless of if it's a realtor or any other type of business where you are selling somebody on Stockton, 
I think it makes sense to learn a little bit more about um, Stockton and not not just you know what what you you know remember in your lifetime, but going back to the late eighteen hundreds. As you said, are you um, are you um, are you marketing specifically to to any any specific business groups or any any specific industries or any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the course is it, you know it's, it's for the general public. I mean, it's it's um, it's a it's a five week course, and I've broken it down into um, you know like different areas. And, and for example, one of the areas is is uh, immigration and labor, and their their area is civic development. Um, and so basically, what I what I'm trying to do is is um, um, focus a little bit on what happened during that period of time. Um, and how does that relate to today? So there's a very strong connection in this course about um, where I will where we'll delve into what happened during this period uh, as far as civic development between and how does that relate to what civic development looks like today? So there's real connection between the past and the present. And so um, when you're talking about realtors or people that, or even business owners, it's it's um, you know, again, like you said, I mean, trying to um, sell something in the community, um, it really the connection between, I mean, that Stockton once was a prominent in, uh, city and uh, explaining uh, the different architectural styles downtown and how it relates to um, to that period of time. Um, I, of course, um, our, histori- our history of Stockton is, is really focused on the downtown area. Um, and our, our city obviously is a lot bigger than that. Um, but I think that um, people that are doing business in this community, um, and it's also focused on people that are, are community leaders, um, this, this connection between um, the diversity of the community, how did that, how does, what does that look like now and why does it look like this, uh, going back into history and see where that came from. Um, is, is really, really, I think is really, it, it's another tool in the toolbox for, for realtors and business people to, um, to um, you know, promote the community. Yeah. So what do folks need to do if they want to, um, if they want to sign up for this course? Um, it's, it's, it's being taught through a University Pacific Extension course. It's an extension course through the continuing education. And so, um... So someone needn't be a student at Pacific to take the course? No, it's, it's, it's specifically for, uh, for the community. And so, um, and the other thing is that, um, a lot of times teachers, local educators, um, teach, um, local history in, or part of their social science courses, um, in, in, uh, in certain grades, and so um, I think teachers would really benefit from from just getting some background as far as the history of Stockton um, f- during that period of time uh, for their curriculums. So the class is five weeks. It runs uh, Thursday evenings from 6 p.m. to 9.20 um, from October 14th to November 11th, and um, five weeks, $138. Um, sounds like a, a great opportunity for folks to uh, get a little bit smarter on uh, on the golden era about Stockton. Yeah, and something that, I mean, it's it's not just me lecturing about the history of Stockton. I've, um, I've put together a curriculum that includes both. Um, I have guest speakers coming in from the community that will speak on certain topics. Um, there's It's a one-unit course, so there's a little bit of homework. Um, for example, one of these assignments is to go to the, the Hagen Museum and and um, 
come back with a report on what there's a sort of specific assignments that they they have to do at the museum uh, on their own time of course um there's i have um articles to read uh, just just a few articles to read in the last night of class i actually have a panel of um archivists and librarians that are uh, knowledgeable about his historical resources. So the idea is that um, as people are done with the class and interested in certain aspects of, of the history of Stockton, that they know what resources are out there um, to do their own type of research or to learn more information. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a combination of, um, of, um, of different things uh, during, during the during the class time. Interesting. Great. Well, uh, we will definitely put a link in the show notes at uh, podcasttalking.com for folks to get um, all the information about where to sign up and, uh, and how to sign up. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully some of our listeners uh, take part in that. So um, now on to the, uh, the final four, the same final four questions that everybody gets, or most people get for coming on to Podcast Stockton. First, um, Alice, how, how long have you been in Stockton? Uh, I've been in Stockton for uh, 25 years, almost 25 years. Okay, and so since, since you were about three. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I came here from um, from Yosemite. I actually uh, worked in Yosemite National Park for a couple summers. Oh, wow. And uh, had lived in Arizona. And um, I didn't want to go back to Arizona. And, and uh, Stockton, was there was an opportunity there to to, um, to go to school and, uh, and live with a few friends. And um, just kind of landed here. Um, uh, 25 years ago, and uh, and, and, still. and and where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Delta College. Okay. Um, I um, yeah, went to Delta College part time. So, yeah, go Mustangs! I, every, everybody in this area has gone to Delta at one point in their life. Right. Right. Um, so, what do you like about Stockton? Well, I um, you know, I really like the size of the town. I um. I think that um, it's it's not too big, it's not too small. Um, I think that that's it's one of the aspects that's that's really, um, you know, at some point I was, you know, um, I I thought I was going to be in Stockton just for a certain amount of time, and then I was going to move on to a to a bigger city, Sacramento or the Bay Area or something, and um, and as, at some point I realized that, um, you know. Going to going walking to restaurants or going to places and and uh, um, seeing people that you knew that you met before um, was was really important. Um, so the size of the communities is is um, and you know what the, the location you know an hour and a half from from uh, the Bay Area and, and two and a half hours from my favorite place Yosemite is is um, really important too. So, um, uh, interesting to ask a, um, uh, a local historian this question, but what, what is your favorite Stockton memory? Not historical, but your memory in Stockton. Well, it's, um, I mean, I didn't, you know, I, when you say memory, I often think of, of childhood memories. Um, and I, I didn't grow up here as, as a child. Uh, I was, you know, here during my early or mid twenties or so, um, and so I just kind of reflecting back to the, those those years. Um, I was actually um, one of the things that I was uh, I played a lot of sports and specifically soccer. And I, I think I remember playing, um, you know, in I think every public park in the city. And there, there's quite a few. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so uh, just, just, you know, and practicing during the evenings and the Delta Breeze coming up, I mean, it was just, um, you know, and, and chasing a little ball with, you know, black spots on it. Uh, it's just, um, um, I mean, the, the evenings and, in, in, uh, I mean, I, those are just some things that, yeah. that I remember during that period of time, uh, you know, the, that was important at that time in my yeah. life. Okay. So what do you do for fun in Stockton when you're not um, not staying busy with um, uh, things of, of historical significance or getting postcards? Yeah, besides, you know, every historical event that, that, <laughs> that uh, takes place, of course, I have to be uh, there at Front and Center. Um, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, I live near the Miracle Mile. Um, and so I, um, I'm able to walk to, to restaurants and, 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 uh, you know, entertainment and retailers down at the Miracle Mile. So, I mean, that's part of it. I don't have anything specific, like I'm not, um, but I, you know, I go to art events, um, go to, you know, f- film events, um, entertainment. I, I try to stay connected to, to the community and it's, it, and it's very, very accessible here. Um, and again, you know, you go to an event and there's there's people that you know and you connect with and, mm-hmm. and uh, you go to dinner with and, and those type of things. So you uh, you live near the mile and you mentioned the restaurants. Do you have a favorite restaurant on the mile? If I can put you on the spot. One <laughs> favorite restaurant. Well, I think Coco Rose is probably the, oh. the... One that I've not been to. Oh. I've not, I've not been to Coco Rose. I, I don't do... Um, um, I I'm don't not, do sushi. I, I've not had... Um, uh, Japanese food or and I've never I don't do sushi because I don't do seafood but I'm waiting for somebody to walk me through it so I don't you get the wrong the, things you could have the teriyaki chicken or um, that's what everybody says uh, okay. but I still haven't had the guts to go in there but right. But uh, yeah lots of uh, lots of good um, great restaurants popping up on the mile That that's what's uh, that's what's exciting to right. me yeah and for me is you know to be able to walk to a restaurant I mean I actually had some relatives from come from you know earlier this summer and I said let's go to dinner and I mean then we're gonna jump in there. I said no let's walk you know <sighs> so um so that's I mean I think that's that's great yeah that's a that's definitely a perk great well Alice thanks uh, thanks so much for coming on to uh, podcast Stockton we'll put uh, links in the show notes to all of the places where folks can find out about the book um, the Facebook page the um, um, the, the extension course at, uh, at Pacific and, and um, all, all the other great stuff. But thanks so much for coming in and sharing a little bit about uh, Stockton history and, um, and uh, all the stuff that you're doing in, uh, in Stockton. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton. We want to thank Alice Van Omeron for coming on the show. If you want to learn more about Alice and maybe even take the course, make sure you check out the Pacific website and look for the Stockton's Golden Era, a source of identity and pride course. Of course, if you want to find the group on Facebook, just search for the Stockton History Group on Facebook. We welcome your feedback. Leave us a message at 209-565-3229 or send them to mail at podcaststockton.com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube, username Podcast Stockton. Follow me on Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. And me at RJ Villagomez. 
For links to all the things we talked about on today's episode, visit the show notes at podcaststockton.com. And until next time, make it great, Stockton. Hey, so um, it's never too early to talk about Halloween, right? Uh, no, I guess not. We're good. I, I think we're in the we're in the month of Halloween, so yeah. we should start thinking of of a Halloween costume. Maybe I I got it. You and I as a combination Halloween costume. You ready? Is it is it worse than the Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Uh, it could be. <laughs> How about one of us will dress up as a fireman, and the other will dress up as a city council member? Oh, <laughs> that's evil. Okay, but they got to be sexy firemen and sexy city council members. That's the only way. Or I mean, slutty. That's the only way we can do this. Oh, no. I wouldn't have the guts to do that. That's horrible. <laughs> You'd be ashamed of yourself. I'm glad nobody listens to this part of the show. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Uh, well, uh, this is the part you edit out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not recording right no, now. We're, no, we're not. We're good. Okay, cool. See you, Rod. Have a good one. All right, take it easy.